I'm Christine Russo, and you're listening to What Just Happened on MarketScale. Today, we welcome Diego Borgo. Diego helps large companies understand and enter the metaverse and Web3. Welcome, Diego. The question I get asked all the time, which metaverse should we enter? Which metaverse should we start with? Experimentation is the key word right now. How do you identify where your audience is at? Do you go to Times Square, buy the most expensive building and build a major flagship store there? Or you do pop up all over the world, see what resonates the best with your audience, and then you start building something bigger there. I'm like, you need to be in all the metaphors that are out there. And the way to do it is not by buying land and building and making crazy things, do a pop-up. So that's my recommendation, right? You don't start from the biggest thing you can do. You start from testing, refining, and make it clear, be transparent. What I really like about what Gucci is doing is that they're testing loads of different things at the same time. And they are, you know, we are now taking cryptocurrencies. Now we drop an NFT collection. Now we did a collaboration with a project that's from the space. Now we did Roblox as a gaming activity. Now, you know, we'll be doing digitals. Now we're going to be part of a DAO. Like they are trying out and trying to figure out where their audience is, where they fit and all of it. And that's cool. There is this trend of now metaverse and everybody's dashing and running to build better experience on how we connect as humans digitally. And that's what's exciting. It's going to bring everything to the same place or to different platforms, right? You're going to have gaming, you're going to have entertainment, you're going to have, you know, work, you're going to have social hubs, you're going to have a lot of different things. Part of the issue with NFTs for the broader populace is the name right away is like, what? The initials, then when you're like, oh, but it stands for non-fungible token, like what? But it's in the blockchain. In charge of <laughs> what the fuck is the blockchain? I don't know. And then you have to mint it. Who's in charge of the branding for Web3? Fire them. Fire them. You know who's in charge of the branding of NFT? Oh. The IT department. And that's the problem. They're selling the technology because they build for themselves. This space is built by technologists, people like Vitalik. It makes sense to them because they're giga brains. They get it. But right. the rest of the world isn't ready for it. I spend 90% of my time creating content on LinkedIn to help people to understand AI translate the madness from NFT Twitter and crypto Twitter in a manner that people can feel welcome, can feel safe, and can enjoy the conversation. And we create a safe space for it. Because that's the yeah. only way we're going to go to mass, to mass adoption. We need to shift the mindset. Web3, in my perspective, it stands for win, win, win. That's what it is. How can we create valuable situations and perspectives where everybody involved wins? That being the community, that being the creator, that being the brand, everybody should have a stake. And that's what's interesting about this new technology because it enables to do it on chain. We have smart contracts that can help us doing so. Redistributing, you know, uh, royalties, distributing revenue, you know, co-creation through DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations where people can vote and decide together the future of things. You know, so we need to get those concepts, which obviously is what this stands for, and translate in a manner that whoever is sitting on the brands, whoever is sitting in the companies can understand and see what is the opportunity is there for them. You know, for me, Web3, the most important thing of Web3 is the mindset shift. We're going through a mindset shift right now that if Web3 doesn't work and Web4 doesn't work and Web5 doesn't work because of techni technical constraints, the mindset is going to remain. And that's what we need to keep working on. Because, you know, when I talk with the big brands, 
the first thing when they, they're thinking about an artist, they're telling me it's like, oh, but it's important that the artist is getting, you know, a revenue share on the primary sale of the NFT, but also that we have on the smart contract, you know, a recurring revenue share and royalty for the artist. So he or she or whoever is being rewarded for the work they've done. That's a mindset shift. Five years ago, they'll be talking, yeah, just get the agency to choose some artists there that they can do some work. We can pay a flat fee and call it a day. And that's what's exciting. The brands are already thinking that way. They're thinking about co-creation. They're thinking about collaboration. They're thinking about new models. And that's the mindset shift. doesn't matter if it's Web3, Web4, Web5, Web6. The mindset shift is really important. You bring to the conversation a different perspective. Everyone else wants to understand and make sense for their strategy. They have to make sense of it now. What's happening now is a fundamental shift in culture and technology. And when culture and technology get together is when renaissance starts. So if you look at the past, you had the revolution of print was exactly the same. It's a new technology that enables us to touch into culture, that enables us to connect, that enables us to tell stories in a manner that wasn't possible before. And look what happened. TV was the same. Radio was the same. And then the internet came about. And then that changed everything because then we had e-commerce, then we had social media. And what's happening right now, which again is a combination of culture and technology, we're seeing blockchain, NFT, and metaverse. Simply put, those are new technologies, but the difference and why this is going to impact the life of everyone is because it's connected with culture. Blockchain per se is just technology, right? Like I, I don't care about electricity. I love the fact that I can press a button and the light goes up and I'm, that brings a benefit to my life. So talking about blockchain and being so deep into technology isn't sexy or isn't enough to bring everyone on board and understand what's happening. And that's why NFTs is so exciting for me because they make it cool. It can be art. I often say that NFTs are the Trojan horse for mass adoption of blockchain technology because it, it almost makes it fun, it, it exciting. It gives me motive on why I want to be involved in this space. You know, the paintings you got in the back of your, of your studio, you know, this is culture, this is art. And now the, the renaissance for art, for example, is digital art. And now we have blockchain technology enabling provenance, enabling the new creator economy, enabling every time a piece of art is sold, the, the actual creator is benefiting from that because there is a royalty fee that can be paid by the people that are purchasing it. And that revenue is going directly to the artist. So it's one of the very first times in history where artists are actually making money with their work while they're still alive, right? So if you, if you look back in the past, majority of the greatest artists we know, you know, they died broke because they couldn't monetize their work. And now this is possible. And I'm talking about art. And then you can talk about music. And then you can talk about creator economy. You can talk about content. You can talk about different ways on how this new technology now is impacting and revolutionizing the way culture exists digitally. Because NFTs are nothing else than a way to prove digitally that you own something on the blockchain. That can be a digital product or that can be a physical product. But that, that NFT, that thing, proves that ownership, right? And, and, and shows what is coming from, authenticity, provenance, and all of that. So it's, it's, it's exciting to, to look into that and 
going back to your point, that's what all those major companies and tech companies are seeing because the, the trend not, is not slowing down, it's rather accelerating. So, so we were at the same event in Can Lions watching mm-hmm. Mark pronounce his last name. Well, I, I'm not French, but I'll say Mathieu. <laughs> He's co-founder of the Web3 Studio, and that's how I ended up working with them. Let's talk about your relationship with them in terms of creating a Web3 Studio for a CRM. What? Connect these dots. Let's make sense of it. Obviously, Salesforce is a technology company. And what I brought to the table from my perspective is more sort of like the marketing, branding, and strategy that I've been doing the last eight years on the Web2 world as a consultant. They brought me in in Feb this year to help them shaping the Web3 Studio, not like as a team, but sort of like a vertical and a horizontal approach. A vertical is kind of like, how do they go to market now? How do they communicate now? You know, the sort of like new space where they are entering and the product that they're building, which is NFT Cloud that, you know, is out. And if you go to Google and type NFT Cloud Salesforce, you'll find a landing page that describes all of it. And the second thing was, you know, working with the brands that they want to pilot and start utilizing that, that tool with. So correct me if I'm wrong. SaaS providers and different technology solutions want to keep their clients in their ecosystem. So now you have brands and you're servicing them in in one capacity. And so a brand is saying, well, you know what? I want to explore Web3. The tech solution, in this case, Salesforce is saying, well, we can help you with that. You don't want your client to leave and go somewhere else and have another service provider. So you want to become fuller and fuller and fuller service. So that's kind of why I think it makes sense for them to build out a whole whole business model that services their clients in ways that their clients want to be serviced. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I think that more than just necessarily a complementary product offering or a new cloud system that comes on top of CRM and and, and, and e-commerce, you know, what... Everyone in this industry now is looking at is this is this is, you know, the evolution of the Internet. This is, you know, how we move from from Web 2 to Web 3 and how do we position ourselves in 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 a space where everything else that comes from now to the future is going to be built on top of it. It's going to be blockchain, it's going to be cryptocurrency, it's going to be, you know, ownership and everything that comes with it. So how do you position yourself as a tech company that provides the backend solution for majority of Fortune 500 companies out there to be in a position where whenever they want to enter the space, you're going to facilitate and, you know, sort of like break the tech barrier, which is huge within the space to make it easier for them to be safer, sustainable and support their clients on however they want to do. So it would be the same reason why Deloitte and Accenture have built out what they call design studios that hold the client, hold their existing client's hand as they explore and join the evolution of the Internet. This is not something we normally would have seen come, you know, whatever, 10, 15 years ago. The bigger companies would have just sort of stayed and said, let me wait and see how yeah. this plays out. You know, if if our clients want to explore some newfangled thing, like, go ahead, have at it. So the seriousness and the importance of this is, is punctuated by the fact that these large service companies have said, we're going to invest in servicing our cu- customers. We want to keep them, not lose these dollars and provide a holistic solution. So we're going to first educate ourselves. We're going to build out teams. They worked with you, for example, to help them build out. This is not inherent to their model. Yep. It's, it's not an add-on. It's 
it's it's a transformation thing it's the next thing it's the yeah. it's a flow yeah. and, and the word evolution is perfect the key factor here is looking at web 2 was built on top of web 1 it didn't replace it it evolved and web 3 is built on top of web 2 it won't replace it's going to be an evolution from there and i know that sounds obvious but within the space especially if you're deep into like tech and web tree and nft twitter and crypto twitter and all of that a lot of times it feels that we want to burn out everything from web 2 and start web 3 from scratch which what's going to happen is an evolution it has to and it will be and that's why those companies are already positioning themselves because maybe they were late or didn't exist when the internet went mainstream or maybe they didn't really fully understood social when it first happened and now they don't want to miss out because they understand consumer trends now they are more data driven they have more access to information and they realize the size of what we're talking so it becomes really exciting right i want to applaud you for not using the word community 52 times i created a drinking game Thank that every you. someone in the web 3 space that i speak to or hear or whatever watch on a webinar says community you have to take a shot we don't make it to the end of the conversation we're wasted <laughs> Joke. Yeah. It's a joke. Just since you're there, let me say something as well, because I fully agree with you. The funny thing is that everybody right now is building community and is in, in it because of the community. But every time you go down and understand what community means to them, especially for brands, it means a new revenue stream. But if you look into community as its core, communities are created and get together because they care about something. They are connected because of a cause they're connected because they love and are passionate about something and that's the deep connection that you know exists between them you know they they don't necessarily get together because they care about money or because of whatever and as soon as you start monetizing and going too deep into selling people sense check and they bounce so all these community conversations we are having right now is interesting because oftentimes community stands for new revenue streams and monetization. And as soon, as soon as you do that, there is no community anymore. There's customers again. And then we go back to Web2. What you've done is you've switched the narrative from community, which has lost its value from a narrative standpoint, and you're referring to it as culture. The real meaning is community is about care and cause, and that therefore should be spoken about as culture. But monetization is important, and we can talk about that and come back to that. I'm not against it. That's why we're in business for. But it shouldn't be the primary KPI. When you're talking about let's enter the Web3 space, what is your first KPI? Let's make money. Well, you are in mid-90s right now trying to make money with the internet instead of trying to build business models and a new model on how you can gather people around, collaborate, and co-create. And, you know, we are in 2022, and we don't know what the internet is yet. So take it easy on, on, on how you want to look into those business models. There's nothing wrong about it, but it shouldn't be the primary motive or why you're doing what you're doing. I agree. I think social media started that way. And unfortunately, now it's, it's such a mega monetization animal that, so. uh, you know, it's hard to people like points of reference. Well, social media makes money. So this should make money, right? This Google CEO stood up at the code conference and spoke about the threat of, of TikTok. Now, TikTok is monetizing and adding ads, et cetera. But the truth is their main priority is just screen time and building like 
groups of people who, who gather around different narratives. Maybe that's a little bit of a reference point going forward. Part of the issue with NFTs for the broader populace is the name right away is like, what? The mm-hmm. initials, then when you're like, oh, but it stands for non-fungible token. Like, what? But it's in the blockchain. In charge of- <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is the blockchain? I don't know. <laughs> and then you have to mint it. Fashion and streetwear have led in the in this space because they're much of the time their product a lot of their top editorial product pieces are art i think that the main problem with the current state we are at and i talk brands because that's my corner is that the fallback situation or the fallback plan when you don't know what to do is to put product on the foreground Right. I see that I work with the automotive industry and it happens all the time. Right. So we're going to build a metaverse, a metaverse experience for, you know, people got together and experience our brand. What are we going to do? A car dealership. How is it going to look like? Exactly like in the real world. And what can we do there? Enter the car and probably test drive it. And I'm like, hmm. No. Why don't you do that in the real world then? Oh, no, because we can do that in the metaverse now. But if the metaverse is unlimited when it comes to, you know, limitations because you don't have law of physics in the metaverse. Why would you do what is possible in the real world? You do that in the real world because you have a lot of physics. A car cannot fly yet, or you know, your shoe cannot be a dragon. It has to be a shoe because you have limitations. But in the metaverse, the only limitation you have is creativity. But because we are not used anymore, especially marketeers and people that are working with the brand to be allowed to be creative because the last 20 years is all about growth marketing and metrics and analytics and how you sell and how you convert. We became machines and we aren't creative anymore. Did you see the article that Deloitte wrote with Can Lions about the lo- lack of creativity? Because you touched right into it, which is, is in a world where metrics is driving marketing, we're, we've lost creativity. So when we go into a new meeting like this, we're like, okay, we don't really know how this thing works. So let's put the product in the foreground. And then you go into that space of, you know, the product is is the story and the product isn't the story when you have something actually physical like okay i'm procter and gamble why doesn't that get the narrative in this space outside of a very amazing top line gucci piece i give you a very very exciting example It's my favorite example nobody talks about it right so let's talk you talk a png and i'm gonna talk unilever unilever has a brand called called close up what do they do they do toothpaste. People are coming to me like, oh, I wish I would be Gucci. I wish I would be Adidas. I wish I would be Nike because so easy for them to tell a story because their product is so cool. Close up is a toothpaste. Okay. So what they've done is they did a metaverse activation within the central, within the central land where they created a space for people to celebrate love. And they invited people from all over the world that in certain countries where you know marrying people from the same gender isn't allowed they open space because in the metaverse there's no rules there's no laws everybody can do whatever they want because it's the metaverse so they brought people from those places you know man woman 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 man man whatever's going to be from all types of genders that just love each other no matter what and they created a ceremony where they could get married in the metaverse and the nft was a certificate 
of marriage to prove that you were married virtually in the metaverse. And what Close Up stands for as a brand is love, inclusion, diversity, union. And they stood there under that message doing an amazing statement without using the product. And that's when you see people that are actually still creative and able to do creative things, how they use those mediums to tell stories, how they use those mediums to impact people, you know, through their feelings and through emotions and to make a statement that's extremely important in culture right now. So to your point, for me, this whole conversation around product, it comes down to lack of creativity. You know, it comes down to not being bold enough. It comes down not, you know, not not thinking beyond the limitations that every single corporation out there has put themselves into that we need to grow. We need to drive revenue. You know, and now we have a medium that we can we can tell a lot of stories. And that's the most powerful thing to, to do. What you're talking about is how advertising was built, which is what is the emotion? What doesn't drive sales? What doesn't move the needle? What moves people? Yeah. We're no longer putting, holding up the work against what moves people. Yeah. And understanding that if you do that, then it leads to this, which leads to that, which leads to this, which leads to sales. We're, Business is not willing to go on the journey anymore. They just want this. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's why growth market became the description on every marketing job you found in the market. And that's, that's exactly why I'm fed up with what two and went to three, because like, I don't want to be part of this thing. Let's go there and talk to the people that are dreaming, that are pushing the future, that are pushing the boundaries. Maybe there's some more exciting things to do in life than sell toothpaste, right? Let's tell stories. I know close-up toothpaste. The commercials back at the in the day, I don't know if you know, you know, it's close-up. Their whole name, their whole premise is brush your teeth, have a fresh mouth, so you can be close up yeah. with someone kissing them, right? So it was so for them to then tie that back to an expression of love is incredible. Yeah. And to now be at the point where this can be in the metaverse, that took a long time. That's 30 plus years to connect the dots back to their actual brand name. Yeah. And we can have so much more of that. And I'm on that page with you. And it's a great way to communicate to the middle of that curve how why why it matters why this immersive metaverse matters right yeah yeah and if you, if you want to go back a little bit too when you're talking about ip there's another thing that is is incredible to think especially where we are right now and we're gonna rewind five years from now to this moment and we're gonna be like fuck we were early board a yacht club right one of the first brands in history that has been built to a tremendous valuation without any cent of marketing spent. They haven't run an ad. They haven't done anything for marketing. What have they done that we can reverse engineer and understand why they're so successful? So they created a collection of 10,000 NFTs. The brand sits at the top, is the holy grail. Nobody touches it, trademarked. But under it, you have 10,000 
NFTs that as an owner, you have IP rights over. So you can do whatever you want unless, unless you touch that brand. But if you don't, shape as you wish. People started doing beer companies. People start doing coffee companies. People start opening fast food restaurants. People start doing merch. People start gathering together because they felt part of something that they are creating together. And when you're creating together with the brand, in this case, there's a sense of belonging. And if there's a sense of belonging, you want to stick around. You will become an ambassador. You talk to everyone. I'm part of this thing. I'm building this thing. How exciting is that, right? And now if you look on the hard number, because we are marketeers and obviously we need to drive revenue and all of that, and companies want to grow. Do you know how much Disney paid on for the Star Wars franchise when they bought it? Yeah. They paid $4 billion. $4 billion, right? That was the price. Now, Star Wars is the most iconic franchise in history. There's nothing like it, right? Drives product like crazy, tells incredible stories since ever. One of the best creations in the entertainment industry ever. Now, Board Ape has raised capital. A project that's one year old, one in a couple months old, has raised capital at a $4 billion valuation. And I'm not talking about like, oh, some crazy speculators went there and invested in it. I'm talking about A16Z. I'm talking about Google. I'm talking about Adidas. I'm talking about the biggest funds and companies in the world went there and actually put money down at a $4 billion valuation. Why? Because they understood that those guys get how to build community. Those guys get how to tell stories. And the model that they reinvented now on how you sort of like co-create and, and shape the future together they aren't telling the holders what they should be doing. They allow them to come and build the narrative with them. And that's extremely powerful. And that's where we are at. So, you know, if you think from a brand perspective, the brand's moving from or should be moving if you're having the finger on the pulse in culture, especially within the space. The brand should be moving from that holy grail, untouchable. And if something does, if someone does something with it, we sue then, we take it down when it's like trademark to more of a collaborative environment. If you follow fashion closely, the last five years been all about collaboration. Adidas and Prada just did an amazing collaboration. How would you ever think about it? Adidas and Gucci did the same. And then you have Kanye and then have Beyonce and have Pharrell and you have all those major communities, to use the word, that are coming together and partnership and collaborating and co-creating. The next step is going to be with the actual community. The next step yeah. is going to be with the people that care about it. So my dream is to see a brand coming out and saying, listen, we'll have this iconic silhouette that we've been building for the last 50 years. And we've done that and put in front of you when we understood culture and make it successful. And now we're going to put this in a DAO and we're going to allow people to enter this space. In the next 50 years, we're going to co-create with you. You co-create a future with us. And that's when we move from Web2 where there's consumers passively consuming whatever we shove through their throats to Web3 where we have collaboration, where we have co-creation, where we have co-ownership. Because one, the technology enables that, but two, the moment in culture is right for us to do it. Board Ape has proven it. It's not Diego talking. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Like it or not, when people think metaverse or NFT in the larger landscape, their minds immediately go to Roblox. What are your thoughts on that? Is that okay? Roblox is gaming. Okay, but a lot of brands say, we're in the metaverse now. 
we're on Roblox. They're full of shit. Roblox is gaming. It's but a gaming platform. Roblox is gaming. It's a gaming platform. Tell a gamer that plays Roblox that that's the metaverse. They're going to laugh at you. Roblox is gaming. Fortnite's gaming. Okay, look, interesting. Minecraft is gaming. But I'm not telling you this for the first time. You've seen brands announce they're in the of course, metaverse. Of course. In Roblox. You've seen yeah, this. They are doing PR stunts. They need, to, they need to do something to then count the clicks and the media spend that could potentially come out of impression which is the most bullshit term in marketing ever, which everybody's measuring against. Impressions. Oh, we have a billion impressions. That's amazing. It's impression. People saw an ad and, or an article. Cool. Not, uh, maybe they didn't care. This is a gaming platform. We need to differentiate that. As Matt is trying to push that the metaverse is VR, those brands are trying to push that gaming is the metaverse. And it's not. The metaverse is, is, is a place where it changes the way how we connect as humans digitally. That's what the metaverse is. It's an evolution. Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I'm 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 a I'm a chief CMO, CEO. I'm sitting in the boardroom and I'm like, we're gonna do metaverse, guys. That's it. Start interviewing people. And a supplier, vendor, whatever you want to call it, comes in and goes, We do this all the time. We've done this for other brands. We did it for this one. We did it for that one. We use Roblox. At that point, do I go, get out? Hang up. Because you're not taking me to the actual metaverse. No, you aren't. You were. Do you know you that don't, people don't, you don't understand? That? You don't understand where things are headed, but you still need to position yourself as a metaverse expert or a metaverse whatever. And you need to sell something now because now there is a new money to grab. And then you go back to some gaming exercise and pitch you've done that weren't successful. You change the title from gaming to metaverse and you put in front of people and they're going to be like, yes, that's great. That's the metaverse. And that's what's happening. That's what all agencies are doing. I'm, I'm seeing that left and right when I work with brands. And I'm warning that. I'm like, do you really want to do a gaming activation or do you want to do a metaverse activation? And there's I'm a difference. Sure. I mean, if you go, sure. if you go... If you go inside the central land, does, does the central land position themselves as a gaming brand? Do you go there to play game or you go there to a social hub where you can hang out and connect with people and maybe attend an event and stuff like that? Different. Sandbox is not positioned themselves as a gaming company either, right? They are building towards the metaverse that, yes, you can play games within Sandbox, but you can do a lot of different things. Meta is not a gaming company. They're building a metaverse company. They're building a social hub. They're building the evolution of social media platforms where we go from static or video feed pictures to a place where you can get and and you know and connect and walk around and it's 3d and you can fly and you can do all of that can you play game within these platforms probably yes can you have a concert within this platform probably yes can you work within this platform probably yes can you hang out can you meet up can you you know create different things probably yes is that a gaming platform no that's the metaverse. The metaverse is, is the term, right? It's like the internet, the metaverse. And then you have different platforms. You will have gaming platforms within the metaverse, but you cannot steal gaming platforms and now rebrand them as the metaverse just because it suits your agenda. Wow. There's a lot of misinformation out there. That's my take. Well, can you call the game can you refer to it as web3 and just sort of be like wink wink it's not metaverse but it's web3 it's on blockchain you can't because what is web3 web3 
Web3 is an evolution of Web2, right? And the difference of Web3 and Web2 is that Web3 is built on the blockchain technology that's the backbone. Got it. And if, it, if a metaverse is not on the blockchain, then how can you call it Web3? So let's you don't call... even need to go on the centralized, decentralized, and hybrid model because there's a very open to interpretation. But let's keep it as simple as is, is, is this built on the blockchain, yes or no? And if it is, then it's Web2. Very simple. Can we call Roblox brands on Roblox Web 2.5? Oh, you can if you want to, but I mean, oh. you can do anything, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> and I do, but uh, that's not what this is about. <laughs> so, okay. You're advising brands and you're, they're like, we want to be in metaverse. And let's say, can you do both? Like, why can't you do both? Like you have customers that want to be on Roblox in a gaming gamification experience with the brand while you build out your metaverse blockchain experience, right? Oh, it's not the other. Unilever, you can Unilever has been doing that for years now. Unilever does an amazing job on integrating, you know, gaming platforms and being in the gaming space, and they call it gaming. And now when they did what I said before in the central land, then they call it the metaverse experience. And that's the difference. People okay. didn't went there to play a game. They went there to get married. They went there to, you know, bound together and have that experience, which is way different than gaming. And we, we also have to respect the gaming community. We have to respect the gaming industry. We have to respect the agencies and companies that have been working really hard to find ways to connect with the gaming community. And we are right now, we are packing on the same thing just because we want to talk big numbers. We are the beginning of this whole metaverse thing when it comes to adoption. You know, Decentraland has 300,000 users, monthly users, monthly active users, 300,000. We are 7 billion people in this planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, the, we are the beginning. And no, 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 but listen, Roblox has, I don't know, 200 million users. Yeah, but that's a gaming platform. GDA right. as well has a crazy million amount of people playing GDA, but as a gaming platform, it's not a metaverse. So that's the difference. I think that, that people are just trying to steer the agenda to, to, to make it sound big, to make it sound, oh, everybody's in the metaverse. No, no, people aren't there yet. They will be, but they aren't there yet. You need to, again, have a finger on the pulse and go and talk to the people that are actually there and ask, what are they doing? Nobody, right. no kid playing on any of those games is going to tell that they're in the metaverse. I swear to you, because I've asked. I agree. Diego, we could do this for hours. You're a pleasure. Your point of view is exactly what is needed for the industry for me and for the messaging to people who are super confused and also, wow, a lot of clarification on what is and isn't metaverse. And so from a, and from a business and commerce standpoint, kind of the big picture, the big idea. I miss you already. Thank you. Really appreciate you. <laughs> I've done over Thanks. probably fifth podcast now, and I really appreciate how refreshing this was. Because usually I get asked the same questions and I have to answer the same things because people just want to know the same thing. So I really appreciate that. Oh, my thank, pleasure. I'm thanks glad. for that. Well, thanks so much. Thank you.